This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you've been to like the London Pride weekend where their, their Pride Parade is really big and expensive and it has lots of room for all sorts of communities to take part, but as a result, it has a whole bunch of corporations who are taking part in that as well. Yeah. Mm. And there's only so many kind of like uh, branded pens from Nando's that have a rainbow flag on them <sighs> that you need. Uh, but the really tiny ones, it's all local community only. And I, I adore that. I love that a lot. Man, that's better actually. Because mm-hmm. in the US, I kind of feel like we only have the giant corporatized events i was and i was i was about to say like i i have mixed feelings about this because when i worked at the museum of science and industry mm-hmm. we would regularly have a presence at the pride parade and then like as time went on i was like oh man does msi even need to be here like mm. why are we <sighs> Why are we doing this? Of, of the corporate things, like, I, I don't know. I, I think the Museum of Science and Industry is not very offensive. But right. as, we start, <laughs> as we start getting into, like, fucking Chase, Chase uh-huh. Bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Raytheon or the cops being a pride. It's like, mm-hmm. mm, you're specifically uh, killing us, yeah. actually. It was, uh, the, the, when I attended the London Pride March earlier this year, it was actually really Really interesting to see crowd responses at like floats kind of arrive. It's kind of like, mm. you know, queer women's football. Everyone's like, yeah. Queer Central Africans who have like, you know, moved to the UK and living there. Everyone's like, yeah. 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 Local bank silence. <laughs> <laughs> Fire brigade. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So the green hearts leap towards you. All they can tell is that there are two enemies in front of them, two invaders into the queen's forest. And they let out this guttural sound that is harmonized across all of them. Uh, Just, and all of them screaming the same. Travis, we gotta get out of here. Uh, where's the axe guy? I'm gonna say he's the one, like, kind of aggressively harrying you. Okay, I want to try and use my bone arm to cut off his axe arm. All right. Well, it's four advantages, no successes. So, so, four advantages, no successes. We return once again to the luminaries. Oh, God. The river. 
All right. So this suggests to me you could push this into a success, but it will present a personal risk to you somehow. Does does the does the queen currently know where Margaret is? As far as your conversation went, no, because you don't know where specifically where Margaret is right now. I'm trying to think of some way where doing this would like alert her to something about Margaret. You have all like right now you have maybe already alerted to the, okay. the queen to 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 Margaret. But 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 queen doesn't know where Margaret is. You don't know where where Margaret is. And like kind of the thing that this despair made clear, the queen only needs one of you dead for this thing to work. Is there um okay. Here's here's what it is. Mm-hmm. What are the things that Margaret cuz Margaret can use some of my shit sometimes when she needs to. Yes. Can you remind me what those things are? Margaret has your ability to pickpocket mm-hmm. and I believe three uses of your animal forms. And I believe she's used one of them once that we know. Cuz I'm I'm thinking like what if doing this for you know incidentally she uses one of those favors which kind of like somehow even if it doesn't alert me alerts the queen directly to her location and makes it so that i can't i mean i'm not really gonna probably be pickpocketing and i can't change into an animal right now so that's maybe not that interesting Mm -hmm. since i'm not in my body so maybe i take that back but you know what i mean like something where i would be disadvantaged because she's using something of mine but i don't have my body now so that doesn't actually make sense yeah i could just fuck nathan <laughs> you know well so the, you you want the risk to be that you are like somehow going to flag location for margaret yeah i mean i guess i don't have to if, if the queen really only has to kill one of us and then i was thinking like maybe you know she just happens to use this time to use one of her favors you know not knowing so that i have less ability but again i'm not in my body here's so what i'll matter. offer you you have you could be failing this role, but if you take a risk, you could succeed at it. You could draw strength from your connection to Margaret. Margaret left you with a thread. Mm. And this is something that like kind of always exists and you're not always aware of it. But like the thing that we know about Travis Matigo is he, whether he considers himself a magician or not, is pretty good at kind of understanding different kinds of magic, picking up on how they work. And you are in this position where you are fighting desperately. You know you need to cleave this axe off of this person's arm so that you can kill whatever tree is currently housing the the various green hearts so that you can defeat them. You know that it's important to do this, that like right now it's very clear you and Margaret both are in danger. So you could call on that motivation in this moment, but because that threat exists, there is a non-zero chance. I will draw a luminary just for myself to know whether or not the queen was able to track that and find Margaret's location, Mm. which could make the next leg of your adventure very dangerous. So if you want to take that risk, you can turn this like failure into a success or we can just like look to spending the advantages and decide that this is still a failure that you can't get a clean swipe because there are still just so many jumping forward and swiping at you. I think I like that better, honestly. Cool, cool, cool. 
So I am about to draw a luminary and look at it, and that will be determining what 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 is going on there. Are you um, allowed to tell us what it was? Casey, uh, I need you to cut this for the audience, but I will tell Liz and Johnny that the mm. luminary. Oh, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to cut it because you didn't oh. say. We just made a reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I didn't know there was a diaper luminary. Yeah. It's full. <laughs> full wet diaper. Well, that's actually just the pervert. Ah. <laughs> Gosh. One of the NPC slots has been used up. How? What? Well, you killed some of them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That'll, <laughs> that'll do it. So the remaining green hearts move towards you. However, somehow it feels like they are stronger as Mm. they strike at you. Oh, no. Not that strong. Not from what I've seen. Yeah, that is a failure, but with a lot of advantages. So actually those cancel out. So that's four advantages so far on the first attack. And, oh, that is a meaty, meaty hit on the We love attack. a meaty hit. We love <laughs> a meaty hit. We love a meaty hit. We love a meaty hit. So, five advantages. I think what happens is they rush you to and separate you. Mm. So, Gable, you are now surrounded There are three of these things surrounding you. And Travis, you are being harried currently by two. It looks like just one at first because like you are dealing with like snarling and snapping from this thing. And you are trying to use the bone sword to defend yourself and, you know, dissuade it from uh, getting you. But lunging behind you, one jumps up and sinks its teeth into your neck. And Travis horribly... And thank goodness you can't feel the pain from this. The teeth do grow roots like the rest of the body did. You are going to take eight damage. But it's reduced by four. So So you're taking four damage. And I only had four, correct? Exactly. So the way you will keep this body going is strain. You will be using the energy of your spirit to keep the body moving. Ooh, and if you run out of strain, you could fall out of the body. What's my strain? How much strain do I have? You've got Travis's full amount of strain, which is... Uh, I believe your current strain is 11. Okay. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. But but Nathan will be experiencing, like, in Drop Dead Fred, when she takes the pills and mm-hmm. Fred keeps getting sicker and sicker and he's disappearing... Mm-hmm. This will like be like uh, more like the Chris Kattan role in Monkey Bone. Yes, God. Um, Monkey Bone is a wild movie, and Chris Kattan is very good at Monkey Bone. Uh, recently in the Movie Mastery podcast, they, they reviewed Monkey Bone. Better than, you know, you remember. Uh, we I, we rewatched it fairly recently, like within the last year. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, that's like the impression that that I came away with is like it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but there's like there's stuff in neat there. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Our definition of a bad film has grown as a society, I think. Yeah. Like, as long as it's interesting, who gives a shit? Oh. Brendan Fraser being in a film 
is enough to like put it over a line for me. Poor Frasier. Like Batgirl's canceled and Doom Patrol's going to get canceled too. So all he's got is this Scorsese flick now. Oh, Better God. be good. Yeah, having to work with Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. He's from Japan. Japan. Uh, Brendan Fraser for me is gold. Hollywood, if you put him in a thing, I'm probably going to watch that thing. If they take him out of the mummy ride at Universal, I'm going to be pissed. <sighs> I don't. Well, I, what are they going to do? Put Tom Cruise in? They, first of all, they can't afford it. They, there's rumors that they're doing a full like. A full rehab. Yeah. But also, I don't know. It's so good. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. At least three times a week, I say, where's my cup of coffee? Like Brendan Fraser does on that ride. Mm hmm. Death is only the beginning. There it's is true. no Liz, That's so true for this <laughs> show specifically. Um, let's keep going, though. I I think we have to go. I don't know what that's going to take, but I think if but we where can, how I if we walk walk quietly and confidently away from the situation. <laughs> Does anyone have a clipboard? <laughs> Just keep on going. Oh. I can ask you this in character. Do we think our chances will be better if we can get the Forest Queen to actually come here and have a talk? I think the conversation would be less physically demanding, if nothing else. For both of us, for sure. <laughs> or we could keep keep trying. But I, James is implying that his special boy is going to get bigger and better and is recovering HP, I think. Not recovering HP. Okay. I, will, I will point that out. You've been so unlucky in your roles, Johnny. I know. Just wildly unlucky. I blame the captain. If this were my body, we'd be done. We wouldn't be in this situation. I don't know. I don't know. This conversation is having happening via uh, yeah. significant I, while, looks. While we're I, like... Yeah. I, if you can add some urgency to the acting and... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just eye contact. Like, can we go? Oh, ugh. what are our options? What How are our do options? we go? How do we go? We can try to run. Okay, what are the rules that we know? What have we learned about the last time? How did we get out of the woods the last time? I think I played a game and won or ran away and we cheated. We both played we a game. We cheated. We both cheated? I cheated. You didn't cheat. You never cheat. That is an established thing about you. <laughs> That's true. Um, you don't have to cheat if you know you're going to win. We can flash back. You did win that Illimad game. What you lost was your ability to die. The Forest Queen took that in the form of an Ocus. And you kind of, after you became the Changeling, sort of lived in the forest for years until it turned bad around the time you met Margaret. And it was clear that the Queen disapproved. Margaret dies in the river. You are a sad boy underneath the rule of the Queen for years before it comes to the point where you need to steal, you feel you need to steal your Ocus and escape. And that's exactly what you do. How did you steal it and escape? What was that like, Johnny? Well, I imagine that I, do you think that she has, I imagine she has some sort of place where she keeps her trophies. The Queen's Glade. The Queen's Glade is in the heart of the forest. And when we say the forest, we mean Every forest has a path to the Queen's Glade. First, to get there, you must travel through a place where the roots and branches are so thick, they're near impassable, through a space that is so dark that there is moss that has never seen the sun, until finally you reach a circle of eternal summer 
where the queen keeps her throne, her game board, and all of the treasures that come with being the forest queen. Okay, I think I have an idea. So I think what I did is I, I think for I planned this for maybe years, how mm-hmm. I was going to steal it. And I think what I did is I got someone else, maybe a traveler, maybe someone, someone, mm-hmm. to bet their own real Ocus in a game of Illimat, which I won. And then I did sort of an Indiana Jones swap of their Ocus and mine so that it would, she would obviously know, but it would hopefully buy some time where there's like, you know, the magic of an Ocus is still, you can still sense it yeah. there, but it was someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that person is one of these green hearts. Who knows? Well, we do know that one of our, like the, the guy we played with is one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are all just enemies that I've made. <laughs> just like, we could. So they all have human hearts inside of them, right? In the trees. Yes. In the trees. If we can just like find his heart, just kind of rip it out. I would like to invite you to make a perception check. Okay. okay. How do I do that? Perception's not very good. Versus what? You know what you are looking for. So I'm going to give you... I think Travis would know how to tell which trees are the ones. Travis right? is average. Gable is hard. Both of you get a blue die. How many... Um, I'm looking at your one. perception right now. My perception is part of our... Oh, wow. Travis pretty good. One yellow, two greens. Yeah. That is two failures and three threats. That's one advantage and one threat. Or not one, one success and one threat. Perfect. Travis, you start, like, you are dealing with the fact that your body is, like, getting tooth roots in it, which is not a pleasant experience. The general, like fear of the situation of like being in a combat where you're not doing great but you start looking for okay okay in order to fell these green hearts truly i need to know where the tree is that has at least one of their hearts and you see it i think there is something a little bit supernatural about this. You being the changeling and and living the changeling's life, like the way your first plan came together, the elements that kind of fell into place that got you your escape. There is something similar to that story with you looking for escape now. And you're looking around this glade and you can just get a sickening drop in your stomach as you know. The tree, the massive tree that is on the ground that has its like fan of roots sticking up is an object for these green hearts. It is a single tree that has the heart of multiple people beating inside it. Like you can like just looking, sensing magically whether it is the fact that you are more aware of yourself as a spirit, the fact that you have some animal instinct from being a changeling, uh, maybe this connection to necromancy you have being inside Oromar's dead body, you can hear the heartbeats now inside the tree. 
So I know that it's just the one. Okay. Okay. It's just the one. Just the one. Would you still have that guy's Ocus? Oh, no, you not switched on, him. Not on... No, I wouldn't. And also not in Oromar's pockets. No, that's true. Oromar's got different Ocuses in all of his pockets. If you can tell me, like, around where to aim, I could just throw a sword, javelin style, depending how far we are. Okay. Damn. There. Role play. <laughs> What what do you mean? We haven't been speaking this whole time. Oh, jeez. I know. Um, we, using our connection so as did, friends. Did you say that the tree was uh, is fallen over? It's a fallen tree. So this is like a massive tree that had like a wide selection of roots. And sometimes when it, when a tree has has been felled by like high winds or whatever, like mm-hmm. there's just this fan of roots. And originally that was what. Uh, the green hearts were using to create a facsimile of the queen's throne that like big fan of roots in the bottom no i think that there are two two ways and and you you guys let me know which is cooler i think either like right sort of in the heart of the roots you know you you can kind of see a pulsing like right in the middle or there is you know the tree has fallen over there's sort of like a knot or a or like a hollow portion of yeah. the tree like where you would see a cartoon owl yeah and in there so it's like facing up so either gable will have to javelin a sword or kind of come down with a sword and i don't know what's cooler i uh, yeah i think it depends on how far this is across the glade uh, you have been moving towards the tree line away from it okay um so it's like and which makes more sense to you, whether it's like in the heart of the roots or in like a knot? Honestly, so I think the way that the green heart ceremony is normally done is it, it's put in a knot. Mm, but okay. this is like kind of a special sort of experiment. You know, these are multiple people put inside the same tree. So I could really see it going either way. It's I, I think it comes down to aesthetically what you want the fight to look or, like. I mean. Well, I don't know if it's too much to summon lightning again, but it'd be cool to summon lightning right into a knot on the top. I'm wary of doing more magic okay. uh, in general, and I can pro- I can do ranged stuff for free. Sure. <laughs> free. But what I could do is, like, geometry throw up, and then it arcs and mm-hmm. hits straight down instead of, like, a-, a boring arrow or something like that. That's fun. That'll be fun. That's fun. I like the idea that, it, oh, there's a lot of commotion and chaos and stuff, so it's more of a Hail Mary sort of Yeah, or up. and maybe it's like the knot is sort of the original heart, and then that kind of causes a chain reaction to the others. Because I assume one hit won't kill it. No. So maybe that hit will, like, weaken it enough that we can get past these guys and then start just stabbing yeah. at the roots and stuff. There, yeah, I mean, like I will say about these creatures that mm-hmm. do have hit points, this mm-hmm. will... Either, I I will allow you, either this will do some kind of damage multiplier or you'll be getting around their soak. um, And we'll say locationally, that's what it determines. Uh, If it's the knot, it's going to be like adding, Mm -hmm. you know, damage to whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it is the tangle of roots, it will get around the soak. Okay. So up to you. So then I'll say there's a knot in the tree. Yes. Where there is a heart. Okay. Whose? 
I I don't know one of them. Okay, what? Oh, and this is the point where it like bites down on him, starts growing. Oh, roots okay. Uh, ah! right, okay. Or you uh, can aim for the roots. I don't care. Just go. All right. Uh, which which one is involving soak? Which one will affect? I don't soak? remember what he said. Just go. All right, I'm throwing it. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna be ranged regular. Uh, my range is fine. What would that be? Like hard? It's just. Throwing. Yeah, so this is this you're you're throwing your great sword, right? Yeah. First of all, I'm gonna say that this is a regular great sword roll, but yeah. it will have a black die because that's not normally how you use the great sword. I have run, done it to ring a big bell before. <laughs> yeah, and I believe you had a, a, a penalty to that as well. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I don't remember. But I will add you and you add your your berserk success to berserk this. Success. I'm also gonna add mm-hmm. <laughs> duelist. I got a quick strike to it because I've not attacked the tree before. <laughs> this is very funny. I am gonna allow this uh, because I do like the idea of of it being duelist because you've realized that many opponents are in fact one opponent. Yeah, uh, which is funny to me. <laughs> but just the two purple, right? And then just the, black. the two purple and the black. Yeah, great. This will be fine. So Gable will start to heave. Heave, ho. Ooh. All right. That is pretty good. That is two successes and one advantage. All right. I'm asking you now. Yeah. Were you targeting the knot or were you targeting the roots? I think the knot makes the most sense. Okay. And what is the damage on Gable's sword? Great sword. Great sword, not blade of judgment, correct? Uh, that is the blade of judgment. Well, I have them listed here as separate. Uh, that's three. Okay. Oh no, damage is four. Okay. That brings us up to, with the extra damage from the vulnerability spot, 11 damage. Mm-hmm. They are still applying their soak, so that's going to bring us down to nine, but one, two. You are so, you are so lucky. <laughs> you are so lucky. I need you to describe for me how you kill this creature. <gasps> for real? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Ooh. Travis says, just shoot it. Uh, uh, oh, and did you have advantages or threats on that? One advantage. Advantage? Oh, good. At this point, so like Gable still has the flame in one hand and they're, they've they been using their other hand to actually call down fire. We've talked more and more about the blade being less physical. Mm-hmm. I The way that this shakes out is just almost like a bow, an arrow. Gable claps two hands together and pulls back. And just like a pitch, like a fastball, just shoots it out right at the tree, throwing it as if it were a javelin, but you know. It zips through the air with like kind of an unnatural curve to the way that it moves and then like buries itself in the tree. You can feel these creatures like scream in agony as the blade pulses and fire starts to spread out across the blade and therefore fire starts to spread out across these beings as they once again let out one of these chorused screams. And they are consumed by the gold and silver flames and the combat itself stops. And with that feeling of like immediate threat gone, Gable, you feel something else. Mm -hmm. You feel eyes on you. 
very clearly now. You feel the ways in which that lightning opened you up to prying, searching eyes. And you did it many times. Mm -hmm. And you are now no longer under the thick cover of trees. You are in the middle of an open glade. You can feel yourself being perceived. Mm -hmm. What do you do? So the vines are gone. They're like so the like in the area. The vines are here more or less, but the green hearts have been burned away. Like mm-hmm. they are dead. You know, you can see the the queen's former groundskeeper fall to your feet. You can feel the 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 tooth roots that were embedded in your flesh, kind of like ash up and and blow away, like the mummy. Like the mummy. Not unlike our friend the mummy. Um, what does that look like? The, do I see eyes in the sky or something like that? So I kind of... It's a billboard for <laughs> um, an optometrist. <laughs> I see a green light flashing in the phone <laughs> You know how sometimes the moon is out during the daytime? Yeah. That's like amore. for perverts, yeah. <laughs> and, and sort of like Venus being usually like the first planet to appear in the sky mm-hmm. and it can even appear when it's still a little light out. It's the effect of like mm-hmm. this. There is a star that is out during the day. And like we can see, I think this is like a, a thing that the audience is maybe privy to and maybe Gable innately understands but wouldn't be clear to somebody just looking up at the sky. You can see the morning star Mm -hmm. appears in its spot in the sky where it would be. And like we get a view of it that lets us know that that star is an eye at the center of light and Mm -hmm. fire. And you can feel it looking at you. You have, through calling the lightning, um, the lightning of judgment down from the sky, you have this closer connection to the divine than, than you normally do. So you can feel through the faint tendrils of that connection, like the fact that you are seen. Mm-hmm. Gable is going to wait for a full minute to see if anything happens. Okay. Really important question. What do you do during this minute? Just eyes up. Hey. Me? Yes. What? What are you doing? Just nothing. Hey, so are you okay? Yeah, I guess. That was cool. All right. If something happens, I want you... What do you mean if something happens? If something just happened. If something more happens, (sighs) I want you to run. You are probably going to be fine. But if nothing happens... What, we stay here forever? We're going to run either way. You, you can run. But I don't think anything's going to happen. What are you expecting to happen? What are you doing? This is kind of a me thing right now that we're doing, and it feels like you're making it a you thing. Most things we do are you things, I think. I know, that's why this is so challenging Uh for me, Uh is that it's Uh like, well, this was kind of... My thing, we're in the woods, that's sort of my deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much would you want to know? I don't know, how long do you plan on standing here? The star in the sky flares. Okay. And but... 
what you would know if you had access to a very powerful telescope. Mm -hmm. It is descending from the heavens right now as we speak. Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I mentioned at the start of this arc that this is a big one. This is going to be a huge story that deeply impacts the plot and the show moving forward. And while I will never spoil anything uh, that will come up on the show in the mid-roll or undercut the impact of the dramatic performances of all of the people that I work with, After a discussion with the cast, and out of courtesy to all of you listening, I wanted to remind you to brace yourselves for this being a very big arc. And also remind you that everything over here is under control, and that we're going to tell you a really, really good story. Speaking of telling really, really good stories, August of this year, I have the Ultimate RPG Campfire cards coming out. It's a role-playing tool designed to help you strengthen character relationships in your home role-playing games and I am trying to make it a huge success. And the biggest way to do that is to get a lot of pre-orders on this product. It shows retailers that they need to order a lot of copies, and it shows my publisher that I am selling a lot of copies. And I want to do that because I would like this big, big publisher to publish more role-playing games. Not just books about role-playing games, but games themselves. And selling this card game is a big way to do that. If you head to bit.ly slash ultimate campfire or bit.ly slash campfire RPG, you can pre-order campfire cards. And every pre-order goes a long way to helping me in my goal of making this a huge success. And to incentivize you to do this further, because I can understand not everyone instantly rallying to help me out, if you pre-order and email your receipt to contests at oneshotpodcast.com, you'll be entered to win the opportunity to pick the subject of the next Skyjack short story that I write. So, if you've always wondered something about the world of Sphere and you want to force my hand to tell you a story about it, you can. I'll be doing my drawing as soon as we hit 100 pre-orders. So think of how you'd like to shape the world of Sphere and head over to bit.ly slash ultimate campfire or bit.ly slash campfire RPG and pre-order your copy. Before we get back to the show, a huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We cannot make this show without you. Our Patreon pays for everything that goes into making this show. And again, I love this show very, very much. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Now, before we get back to the show, a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Oromar Vale fights. To see Oromar, a person who has lived a long life and had a long career through the ways of violence, there is something of an art to fighting. This goes beyond even that of a career swashbuckler, as Oromar Vale has spent time in his life in the land of Galoda. Galoda the place of sphere where blades gather, where people test steel against steel and teach each other the true art of swordsmanship. We see this now as Oromar in his mind stands against a fleet of blades held by dark cloaks that strike out in whispers that bite with chill. He meets each with the end of his own steel. But he does not fight alone. Stretching from him is the spiritual essence and presence of Travis Madigo, a man who has lived 200 years and had to be in about as many sword fights. Together, these blades whirl through an endless sea of enemies that stretches on as long as the mind can comprehend, perhaps even past it. Yet, Oromar advances, taking hits as they come and striking back with a ferocity that these opponents have never seen in all their days. Oromar will press on. This is a thing that we know that Oromar has decided. No matter how many enemies, no matter how vast the odds he plays against, Oromar still cuts and this is the scene that Jonnet comes upon in a way or fashion. Because to Jonnet's eyes, to Jonnet's true eyes, which see beyond the illusions created by the creatures of this forest, Oromar still fights against unfathomable opponents, but they are not more vast than the mind can comprehend. They are the withered and desiccated creatures that the queen calls her green hearts. They are using the wicked instruments that they have at their disposal to pervert what the mind sees, to twist one's anxieties, to find the darkest corners of one's heart and bring them to life in a sick play that drags one down into despair. Jonnet sees Oromar fighting 
and blocking against opponents that have curled, clawed hands and skin as thick and tough as bark. But he also sees Oromar defending and fighting against opponents who are most certainly not there. Oromar fights a horde, but Oromar sees an army, and it is a thing to see Oromar Vale fight. A thing that I believe Jonnet knows he is witnessing, because to the untrained eye right now, it would be Travis Madigo in this fight. There's something unmistakable. Jonnet, I feel to you... Even if it wasn't for your eye, if you weren't seeing the truth behind what your eyes tell you, you might recognize something of Oromar in this battle right now. His posture, his ferocity. It's unimaginable to find these things in Travis Matigo. Travis can't take his life seriously. It's hard to imagine that he'd be able to take each swing so seriously, that he'd be able to move with such conviction. And yet here Oromar is, in this living body, managing that with every move of his muscles. Hmm. It feels like there's a uh, force that moves beyond the frame of Travis that you see. It's like as there is a shoulder barge, as there is a thrust of arm, almost uh, a wall of air larger than the man you see before you pushes beyond. It's almost like you had Zangief from Street Fighter, but model swapped to be Vega. It's like nobody, <laughs> a, a twink shouldn't be pile driving people this hard. <laughs> That's but, that's it. This man fights like a top and clearly is in the body of a bottom. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. I I had some painting that I was going to do, but that's there's nothing you can't top perfection. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, you can't top perfection. Perfection also somehow it's up. Um we see this and Jonnet, you know that as fiercely as Oromar fights, as he fights with everything this body has, and more than it could ever have, you know, because his sight is twisted, this will be too much. If you don't act, this will be the end of this man. What do you do? So, I think Jonnet comes upon the captain and sees that he is fighting fighting the green hearts but also is clocking the swings to nothing and so it's like oh this is real this is also perceived so john is going to try to like put up a barrier or just like separate the captain from some of the actual green hearts and so i think there's like a move to something like this has been done before with John it but like like a twist of the like a slight twist of like the ankle like rotating your foot like in a sharp like 45 degree that separates the earth and it shoots towards the captain to just trying to like separate the earth and like like part the captain from some of these green hearts sick mm. i love it so 
if one were to roll that, it would be against. It would be arcane, and I am gonna say this is one of those things uh, that's difficult as a game master to determine. I'll peel peel back the screen a little bit for you listeners because what Jonathan is doing is friggin' wild, separating the earth. That's enormous. But in game terms, he's making it a little bit more difficult for enemies to get to, like, our allies. So should I make it hard to represent, like, yeah, it's fucking wild to part the earth? Or should I make it average because... Oh yeah, you're basically costing a move action. Mm. Um, so uh, with with I have a question about the kind of like how sphere determines its element system because that obviously varies from fiction to fiction. Mm-hmm. Does uh, the earth of the ground and the kind of like earth as in trees count as the same category or nah uh, for Oof. sphere? Uh, I am so happy that you asked that. The magic system in Sphere works slightly different than uh, our classical element-based system Mm -hmm. in that there is magic in the land, the sky, and the sea, Mm -hmm. as there would be in blood, breath, and bone. Gotcha. Those are two Mm -hmm. reflections of of similar ideas. So in a living thing, all living things are made of uh, blood, breath, and bone. And sphere itself as a living thing is made of earth, uh, uh, sea, and sky. Mm. Then... As the green hearts are unto trees and therefore part of the earth, Mm -hmm. maybe this is them being contorted against their will to not into barriers rather than... uh, So it's shifting the environment of the enemies rather than directly tearing a piece of earth out the ground. I love that. I I think that if, if that's allowable... Judge. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, here's the thing. In order to do a move like that, and I, I think you could, you would need to A, know what the green hearts are. Because um, okay. if you know that like, okay, these are beings that are connected to trees, I can kind of treat them like trees or demand the rules that are applied to trees be applied to them mm-hmm. um, through magic. Like that does work and make sense, but like you need to know that thing about them Mm. otherwise i think you are just doing like this opening the earth thing so let's let's start off with open the earth and we'll see if uh our our good young man jonet can pick up on that i am gonna then keep this as hard oh let's fucking go yeah that looks that looks like a good result yeah Mm. I, i i'm gonna i think i'm gonna like how this turns out Okay, so that totals out to be four successes and a disadvantage, a threat. Ooh. Okay, so the earth, like like Jonnet plants his foot, creating a connection between himself and the bones of Sphere, and twists his ankle to rivet the earth apart. It moves aside, and we see something that we didn't really know about this place before. This forest is so ancient, has lived so long, that just beneath the surface of the soil that makes up the forest are an unfathomable tangling of roots beneath. So the earth 
pulls aside. There are roots underneath. This does do exactly what Jonnet wanted it to do in making this environment extremely difficult to traverse. So you've managed that. The issue is, because you did get one threat out of that, is these tangle, this lattice of roots, you now have to balance from ancient root to ancient root to navigate around this place. Right. Um, but, like, your enemies unexpectedly, like, in this, like, do just fall into a pit and will have to, you know, dig themselves out of that. Nathan, mm. in Oromar's vision now of what's going on, there is this endless sea of enemies. Half of them drop into some kind of abyss. And I'm curious, what does your mind make that abyss into? Yeah. How does it justify a bunch of roots? I think as I am imagining the cutting stone, uh, the cutting stone being essentially what, like fragments of angels puppeting the remainders of human souls to do bits and pieces i i yeah. slightly misremembered it, it, that 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 that's not too far off mm. it is like what remains of an angel when it has been cut away to the essence of its being mm-hmm. so it's like this kind of fragmented being that just has like a wanting and still has some sort of connection to its physical parts, but like can't really control them, you know, yeah. just that takes over a soul. So with that, and I think that's the thing that has been explained to Oromar at this point. So I think we see these cutting stone revenants like lurching out towards Oromar and then crumbling into like powder blue sand and just descending and falling way further than uh, what Oromar appears to be, assumes to be the floor. And it's like it's vanishing into the void underneath. Powder blue sand is such an interesting pull Mm. because lapis lazuli is one of the sacred minerals to the Rakshari people. Mm. And particularly, uh, uh, ground-powdered lapis lazuli would be something used in their magics. So I I find it fascinating that Oromar settled upon that vision for this thing that has created relief in this time of desperation. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though, upon seeing this wave of enemies just disintegrate and plummet, there is a glance off to the side. And I think we see like a golden, a small pinprick of golden light that is in the shape of an eye in the distance. But yeah. because, oh yeah, uh, uh, but because Oromar is currently in fight mode, and uh, it feels this presence of energy is in this space of battle, Oromar immediately locks on to the fact that there is a new presence. And uh, in the real space, it's hard to call the forest real at this point, you see Oromar's head, but not, well, you see Travis Matigo's head, but not body, turn and look directly at you and then just legs pushing off against the floor or whatever route he's now balanced on and with absurd speed is now at melee range to you 
Oh my god. That's I I love that so much. The the idea of Johnny come like walking into a <laughs> walking into a battle like I'm going to help does a thing, takes four steps and he's like, "Whoa, hang on. Whoa. Captain, Captain in my face or Travis in my face." Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you were just closing that distance, Nathan, or are you Oh, there is like I I think or, or, or does this does this kind of like break Oromar out of immediate illusion? Because I like the idea of Oromar launching in towards an attack and this illusion like tearing away around him as we then see the forest for what it is mid-swing. And just before impact, this hand angles itself and just skims the front edge of your nose. I love that, but... That's unfortunately not where we are. Oh. Orimar does not have this illusion broken yet. The, the thing that we know from what happened with Gable and Travis is the illusion doesn't go away until you've dealt with the pollen mm. or your perception of it. Um, oh, that's right. John has his bandana on his face. So I do need to know. I, I want you to make a melee attack. I'm going to set it at hard with a black die and you're not mm-hmm. going to know why mm-hmm. but there is something in the back of the back of uh, Oromar's subconscious that is like this isn't a target you should be attacking <laughs> is this Oromar's fight or Travis's fight that we're rolling here this is going to be this is tra- so it's Oromar's skill with Travis's body uh, That's fine. With Travis's brawn. I will boot both of those. Give me so, a sec. Travis, I, I can. Tra- <laughs> okay, so that's Travis that's probably one. pretty good because uh, that means that you. Oh yeah, Travis has a brawn of one. Yeah, so I guess I'm rolling two green, uh, if I'm to understand that correctly, against uh, three purple and a black. Yep. Got it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 no! It, yeah, oh my god! Captain punches. John. I, I if I understand this correctly, this is three successes and five threats. What uh, on earth? <laughs> what on earth? Thunk. <laughs> wow! 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 John, wow. it has a broken nose. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you get like one inch punched into mm-hmm. a tree behind you. Like you see Omar immediately go into melee range and then a force in your solar plexus and you uh, yeah, it's like backwards. It's like, uh, Travis, I'm here to help you. You have to cover your... <laughs> <laughs> Jonnet, you fall back and you fall against something that is both solid and soft at the same time because there were five threats rolled as a part of this and we do have to honor the five threats um something solid and soft you have the wind knocked out of you you're a little disoriented everything about what has just happened is disorienting you haven't fallen to the ground though you know travis is moving in these unnatural ways at least for travis something about your eye is helping you sense the truth behind this and you kind of try to get a bearing for your surroundings and Oromar 
Um, well, we'll talk about Ormar's perspective in a second. Mm. Uh, you, you, you look around, you, you try to feel like what you have run into, what you are up against, and you don't see anything. Part of you goes, it must be more illusions like, like what I did earlier when I thought I was moving into a tree, but it wasn't really there. This is something that, you know, doesn't look like it's there, but is somehow solidly there. You, until you like look a bit down into your side and you can see hovering in the air an eye. Like a person eye? Kind of, yeah. It's got a faint golden glow to it, just in the air, suspended. We cut to Oromar's vision as you can see above Jonnet holding him cradling him from like the attack that you just unleashed and I don't know if you can see Jonnet yet or mm. or what this looks like I'll allow you to decide that but bracing the boy's shoulders is hip mm. I think it looks like a some form of almost like a pencil sketch of a person until Oromar hits Jonnet and then Jonnet immediately looks like Jonnet on impact and I think the kind of like you know psychological horror of having potentially mortally wounded somebody that you care about I think fits within the over of this hallucinatory torture that the characters are going through (laughs) as that follow through occurs you see shock in Travis's face. His eyes whirling so fast, they're almost kind of like a hazy blue-gray than pupils darting around too fast, but still shaky hands kind of coming in and staring at them and staring at you and staring at the hands. And I think his Travis slash Oromar stares at you again, then sees this spectral form or is it the literal form of hip i i think you can tell me from your perspective but this is the literal form of hip john mm. can't see it john can only see what was done to hip to save his life in a desperate moment can only see the touch of the divine sewn into his body so that only this eye is visible to Jonnet. Jonnet cannot see the body housing it. It's like right above. Him? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's that's from Jonnet's perspective. Everything else is kind of invisible and unseeable and unknowable. Hip mm-hmm. says, "Don't worry, I'll take care of this," and gently pushes Jonnet to the side. Does Jonnet hear those words? You hear. A static hiss. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, heroes, I am traveling right now, and I don't have the normal end credits for this show, nor do I have my dear Uhuru for this week, so I'm gonna have to upload that later. This is placeholder audio. Uh, those things 
will be on this episode, but I, I just just give me some time. I'm so sorry about that. Love you. Bye. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.